Welcome to The Rock. Welcome to the Black and Gold Podcast. We're coming at you live from Norfolk, Virginia, and oh my gosh, I, I don't even know where to begin other than to say this, Big C, uh, I, I wanted so badly for someone to call into the fifth quarter show and whine about something, but it, here's here's the deal, folks. We dominated that game in every conceivable way. Uh, it, it was... It was better than any prediction made. Uh, purely dominating performance put on by Taylor Lamb and the defense. Um, excellent coaching job. And I'm gonna I'm gonna cash you in here for a second, Big C. You told me last week when we were talking about this ODU game, and you told me privately. You said I actually think it's gonna be worse than my prediction, but I'm gonna be conservative, you know, and play it safe. But I actually think we're gonna beat them a lot worse. That's, yeah, I slow play this quite a bit, and you know I've got, you know, not I'm not sure how, how I can say that it was going to be ten, and maybe it's just the fan of me not wanting to get ahead of myself. Yeah, and you know I know I know they got an offense, and or they had an offense. Let's say that <laughs> they had an offense. Yeah, you know, East, you know all the points they've scored this year really, Eastern Michigan. Yeah, you know, Northern well, State across the across the river. Yeah, not, not impressive, and and I don't think today's weather was conducive for their quarterback. Right, but it didn't. I don't know if it really mattered to me. He, you know, he had he had the fumble. I thought he was squeezing the ball too hard. Maybe sometimes he squeezed it and it would go really, really short. And he had a couple that went way over the receivers' heads. And you'll remember that that one the one play where they waved the flag off on the uh, on the pass interference because the ball was just uncatchable. So yeah, I'm, I, I want still want to slow play it. I, I think we're good. I think our defense is really good. But I'm afraid that Old Dominion might be end up being bad. And well, they play Charlotte so. next week, so we'll see. Well, they pro- I mean, that that's probably a fair assessment. Okay, but I'm going to be a little bit more of an optimist here and say this, that, that you know, we've been watching App State football for a long time, very closely and critically, you longer than I. And the kind of discipline and focus and, you know, the coordination, especially on defense now, that they're showing really tells me that I'm not going to say regardless of who we're playing because we played Clemson and they absolutely kicked our butts in in many ways, although the defense held their own. I mean, if we play with that same type of intensity and discipline on defense and Taylor Lamb continues to learn and improve like we said he was going to do last week, so we could pat ourselves on the back for that a little bit, although that was a very easy call because Taylor is a very good quarterback. You know, Yeah, we said he'd bounce back and that was going to be very, very simple. Yeah, <laughs> he will recover. Well, because I mean, here's the deal, and here's another thing that I think really makes Satterfield and the rest of the coaches shine. You, you know, they took that loss and they pretty much fixed, you know, and and tightened up and 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 uh, improved where they were weak against Clemson. You know, the defense really just continued to do what they were doing, which is great. But, I mean, you, you look at Taylor distributing the ball, uh, giving great looks downfield. He had a couple of cool pump fakes that he was able to get guys open. Shaden Metters is still a beast. You know, I mean, just an overall great game 
that you know I I, I am I'm very excited because we, we talked about this game being the the real um, test. I mean it's a G5 peer. They were six and six last year. Uh, you know they're from that Tidewater regions. Their recruiting is is what it is. They didn't play. They haven't blown any doors off this year, and we know that, and we know who they've played. We covered that all last week. But still, this isn't Howard. It's not Clemson. This is this is we're getting closer and closer to finding out how we can compete against the type of schools that we need to compete to get a, a really um, great bowl spot and win the conference. And today, I mean, there's no negative signs. I mean, what can you? What can you say that's bad about this game? I mean, we were kind of running through Twitter, you know, during the game about uh, <laughs> things that potentially you could complain about, but it's few and far between. I mean, I mean, it's it's such. I mean, today is a great day. I mean, it truly was. I mean, we really came together and and played exceptionally well. And I do want to say this because I, you know, we listened to the post game and and everything. And when Randy Jackson interviewed Devin Stringer, um, I mean, his. I mean, one thing that. I think we all know from Devin Stringer at this point, and and Big C, you and I remember Devin Stringer, especially from his uh, the signing day banquet when he first came onto campus. He graduated early, came to App early, and he expressed to everybody in the room how passionate he was about being a Mountaineer and, and coming to App State and everything. But that really came that really came on strong uh, today in the post game where he said that his teammates have helped carry him and, and, and make him stronger. He's still getting a lot of support from the people that support Appalachian State, whether it's his teammates, coaches, teachers, whatever, because he's gone through such a hard time. And I'm so happy that he was able to pick that ball up and take it back for a touchdown. That was just that was such a cool moment. Yeah, that, that was really cool. That, that happened. Uh, we had end zone seats, and so we were right in front of kind of where that play happened, and you saw that ball pop out of uh, Shuler's hand. And and we had another player who was just about to jump on it, and, and it, got, um, it got popped out, and Stringer – it and just went right and he was gone he was running like his pants were on fire <laughs> and if i don't think you can ask for a better person that happened to sure um i was i had several texts and tweets come in saying how much of a class act he was on on the post game and um interview by by i'm assuming uh, randy or maybe right. it was dj but um like i said i missed that i'm just assuming here but complete class act complete mountaineer um Hates Georgia Southern, so <laughs> yes. another good reason to like that guy. So, and he couldn't ask for a better person when this happened too. He's gone through a lot, and and you know more than any of uh, of any of us can even imagine sure. to go through with what he's had to go through in the last few weeks. And um, just really excited about that. And anyway, I want to circle back to you're talking about Taylor and, and, and bouncing back um, from from his you know terrible performance down at Clemson, and, and you know I, I have. Basically, basic stats here. I don't have uh, game stats, but you know, we we only threw 17 passes today, and we completed 12 of them. And then went to nine different people. Right. Three guys got two receptions, and that's it. So we talk about spreading the ball around. And I think that's what NC State did last week. Not only spreading it, but spreading sideline to sideline, and we we made Old Dominion chase oh, sure. all day long. Yep. From one end to the other, and from one end to the other, and it really, really warm out, and it didn't. It didn't help that you know they started the game off three and out, three and out, and then I think on the third drive they may had four plays. They had the first down run that went pretty good, and and then and then defense locked down, and you know. That, but I really think going back to Stringer, I think that was a big point in the game. Oh yeah. You know, at fourteen nothing, it's still a game. We didn't really 
jump on them until it's that quarter. And that's when it started really, um, really hitting their defense hard and their offense couldn't get in a rhythm. And they were huffing and puffing. That defense was hands on hips and, and they were tired just like they were last week. Sure. So I really think that although it took us a while and we slowly killed people, it worked out to the tune of 303 yards. <laughs> I mean, fantastic. So I don't care who you are. You do that to an FBS team if you want to call to me in that division <laughs> one team. You're gonna you're gonna do some good things. You know, I, I yeah. I, and here's the thing. I, I think we're both downplaying ODU a little bit because we want to still. Well, let's put this in perspective, people. Big C and I are not in any way, shape, or form making a statement. We're not gonna lose again. We're gonna we're bowling. We are not saying any of that. We are just simply taking this game for what it is. And we're we are acknowledging the positive things, and we're we're just we're trying to be level headed about what this means about our program, our performance. So don't please don't think that we're we're calling our shot here by any by any stretch. But actually, you know, based on what you said about beating these guys um, down and and really taking it to them, where old ODU was, you just they've had it right. I want to actually go back, if, if I may, to talk about Devin Stringer a little bit more because I'm super pumped for him and the day that he had. And I want to fill some listeners in on, on why we um, are saying these things about uh, Devin Stringer. Because, it, first of all, I want to say that Devin Stringer being this outside linebacker beat out an ODU, <laughs> a couple of ODU receivers, taking that ball back to the end zone, just wore him out, just flat booked it down to the end zone so that shows the kind of speed we have on defense and that was a great job but what big c was referencing about him hating georgia southern when when devin stringer uh spoke in front of um the signing day reception crowd in boone two years ago when he first got to campus he talked very passionately about how much he loved app state and how he wanted to come to school here now he's from georgia so he, I mean, I mean, a really athletic kid, prime candidate to go to a school like a Georgia Southern, maybe a Georgia State or something like that, and came to camp uh, in Boone, uh, the, I guess the summer before his senior year, and um, wanted to go to school there and said to the crowd that he got a scholarship offer from Coach Ivy, and as soon as he got it, he accepted it and stopped going to other schools because that's where he wanted to be. And, and he said that he was really glad that he got to app because he visited Georgia Southern and he hated it. <laughs> so if that doesn't add to your uh, your uh, view of a positive view of Devin Stringer, I mean, I mean, what a great guy. And I, I like I'm I'm so happy that that he played the way he did. And he he's a I mean he's the kind of guy that can make that play. It just so happened the ball literally bounced his way. Um, but here's something else, Big C. I wanted to talk about because this is something that I, I saw on Twitter during the game. Uh, the fact that you know, for a long time, our lines of scrimmage, you know, both offensive and defensive side of the ball, it was a coin flip whether or not we'd be dominant or we'd be able to hold our, our, our own. Today, against another peer school, another G5 school, we totally own the line of scrimmage. I mean, we have a football team right now that can do that, and I think we see what, what happens when you control the line of scrimmage. Really good things happen. Did you Have you noticed that with the line of scrimmage versus probably the 2010 to maybe – parts of last year era no i think you're right you know even though and this is tough and i it's, it's hard for me i went back and i couldn't really watch the clemson game I'm, I'm one of those salty kind of a guy so i didn't go back and watch that i sat in the end zone for that game sat in the end zone for this game so i haven't had a chance to look at this one you know from a from a lateral point of view so it's hard to measure up us against howard but looking it appears that we're getting the holes and sometimes we don't hit them all the time but the stretches are working 
and, and these running backs are finding the holes. And it's not just Marcus or Terrence. Josh Boyd, Jalen Moore, they're, mm-hmm. all, they're all finding them. You know, they're all hitting hit big plays. You know, so that's something that it's interchangeable. It's not just one good guy. I mean, we're starting to get to a point where it doesn't matter who is in the game. The drop-off isn't that severe. And that that's good not only for this year but for the future of the program. All right. You know, you, you look at – I mean, Marcus had another tough day, but he got over 100, but it was 4.7 yards of carry, and I'm sure they were keen on him. But the more we have the Boyds and the Moors getting in and, and having their chance, you, they can't just – Defenses just can't sit back and say, "Oh, they got a backup and they're going to throw it." They got to count for them too, right? So they're, they're going to have to still at the same time worry for those going down the field, Shaden and whoever else. And Bobo today with a fantastic grab across the middle and just outran everybody from our angle. Right. We didn't think he was going to get in, but he got in, and that, that helps a lot uh, for the offense. Right. Um, this kind of reminds our running back situation actually reminds me of a baseball team having a really stout bullpen. Okay, because we have guys like the Marcus Cox and even say the, the Terrence Upshaw, um, but especially Marcus. Now, Marcus has more of a finesse game. He, he hits the gaps that the O-line creates for him perfectly. He, he can kind of see the field in front of him so well, he's able to pick up these extra yards, and we've seen that he's, he's so good at that. So here we go later in the game, right? The, the starters on, on the opponent's uh, uh, defense, they've been in the game. They've seen Marcus. They, you know, game's getting on. Everybody just experiences fatigue. Well, you put in guys like Moore and Boyd, right? These guys can run hard. They're strong. And it's and it's like they're not letting up. Like, these guys are talented, exactly like what you said. I mean, so what does that do for us? I mean, that, that exactly what you said. It forces the other team to say, well, now we can't set back, you know, and while we're giving our guys a well-deserved rest or, or managing how many carries they get, you can't take a playoff. You got to consider that these guys are not only getting uh, uh, great spots opened up by the O line, which are continuing to do a good job, but you got to tackle them and you got to hit them over and over again. So, I mean, having that stable of hard hitting, like fast, athletic running backs that only helps us. And and I know that that's the whole that's what our whole uh, offense is based on is running the ball. But I mean, we couldn't be, in my opinion, uh, in a better situation to have those guys. I think it, 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 we saw a lot of it today. No, I think you made an excellent point. It's that's so valuable to have good backs in any offense, no matter what kind of um, style you run. And it's even even better in what we run is to be able to have those guys that can slip, slip through those holes, find the zone, hit it, and turn up field and and, and tie rope and, and and really and and it, the best part about it is making those defenses run side to side. Well, right. You know, it's that's you're only going to be so deep in the Sun Belt. Yeah, you know we're deeper than we were in the Southern Conference, but you're going to wear people out. And then right. when you're we got to, when you get tired of running them side to side, we're going to hit them up the middle, and then we're going to you know attack them that way, and then make them hurt. You know, Marcus got hit a couple of times today, pretty pretty big, but he bounced right up. Right. So I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to see how that continues to grow. And um, you know, and we're, we're of course talking about the offensive side of the ball and, and and how our running backs have performed. And you know, one thing that you've already mentioned earlier about uh, <laughs> Taylor Lamb, he was like an assassin, you know, out there. I mean, he he read the defense so well, and he was able to spread the ball around, like you said. I mean, having those multiple targets and have these guys catch the ball. But okay, I say that to say that, you know, 
Shaden Meadows is unbelievable. I mean, that guy, I mean, he's our big play guy, right? And that's something that I think we actually haven't really had, like that razzle-dazzle, big yardage play guy uh, for a while, probably since, I would say, maybe Sean Price. Uh, Brian you know, Quick. And, well, Brian Quick. Well, yeah, but but um, Price was after Quick, right? So we had Sean Price after Brian Quick for a little yeah. bit. Yeah, but anyway, so but this, the, the point is the same, that, I mean, we have a guy like Metters who, I mean, the chemistry that I think him and Taylor have today will only get better, and that's something, again, that the, that the defense has to account for. So not only do we have a great stable of running backs that, you know, you got to say, all right, we got to try to tackle these guys, but you also got a deep play threat in Metters and these other guy, other wideouts that we have that are, are – uh, catching the ball, and not only they catching the ball, it could be any of them because Lamb's throwing it all over the field. So, uh, just, I mean, really positive things going into playing Wyoming next week. Uh, who, by the way, Big C, I don't know if you've been watching scores, but Wyoming does not look to be um, playing very well <laughs> this season. <laughs> but uh, well, I, mean, well, I guess we'll address that in uh, this next week's preview episode. But um, anyway, still, you would rather have your offense playing like that than than struggling for sure. No, we like you said, you know, hit, hitting the receivers, hitting them deep, and having deep threat. And when we scored on those touchdowns, that the four that Taylor threw, I mean, Bubbo's is fifty-three, mm-hmm. Shadens is forty-one, mm-hmm. even Cox's was twenty-four. And then we used our cute little uh, tight end goal line play that we used against Howard right. on on Old Dominion Day. So. You know, it's not always just going to – I mean, he's not just this passing quarterback who's going to rack him up from close. It's big balls. Oh, yeah. You know, it hits, hits him deep. And, and those are game changers. You know, those are backbreakers. Defense thinks they've still got some few snaps to, before they get in the red zone, and we're not thinking grind them down. We're thinking home run. And even though I didn't have a great vantage point on Shaden's touchdown, right? it looked like they, the defense just completely lost them. Now, once again, once again, I'll say I was in the end zone and couldn't really tell. But I mean, he looked absolutely wide open and couldn't believe how <laughs> he got away from that defense. And um, as some people on Twitter mentioned, you know, what happened and that there was a double move or something like that. I'll have to go back and watch it again. But um, you know, just in those big plays, and, and it, we're, we're not just a ground and ground and ground offense. All right, we're going to hit you from some different from, from some different angles and, and, and do some things. So. Right, absolutely. And, yeah, and I think uh, Taylor had a really great kind of double pump or, you know, fake pump there to, to shake the defense a little bit to get uh, Metters the ball there. But, okay, so we've covered the, the offense pretty well. I mean, we're both very happy about what's going on. But that, that – I mean, so here's the thing. We talked about Howard's defense, you know, after we recapped that game a few shows ago. Uh, and one thing that we said is it's actually kind of boring to watch them because everyone's just doing their job. And I think the same can be said today. I mean, one thing that I noticed, one, they're very fast, but it just seems like they're everywhere the ball is. Now, there were a couple of times that, you know, the wideouts got behind the DBs and made some, some good catches. But overall, man, I mean, our, our defense is playing the assignments that they're given. And they're sticking to it, and they're tackling behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, what was the total yardage, I think, that, that ODU had? Did they have, like, 190 total yards? 175 total yards. What do you think about that, C? Well, I think the biggest thing I look at is, you know, they, they've they got Ray Lowry, who they were trying to establish a run with, and who's been their bell cow except for last week against NC State. And when I look back and you see that they ran the ball outside their quarterback 18 times hmm. for basically 50 yards, and 
the averages of all three of their, their running backs who carry the ball were under three. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's pretty good. You get it second and long. That's that's pretty fantastic. And, and, and you know, look at Lowry, 8 for 22. Last week at 11 for 15. He's, he's not facing Eastern Michigan, and he's not facing Norfolk State. So they got some things to figure out, but at the same time, really excited with the defense. They just hit people. They, they're running the ball so well. Yeah. And they're not making things easy on offenses. They, they're making them hurt. Right. And, and, and even the quarterback, you know, he had a better day than he did last week, but still under five yards per attempt. No TDs, obviously, with the shutout and two picks. And that's, well, Charles Gibbs, another great pick. I mean, he just out muscled the guy. <laughs> and then I, get, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, another tip, or it was another one where, no, I apologize. It was one where he threw across his body. Right. And Law was just right there. And right. You just you can't do that. He, he still isn't learning. I mean, if you if you never if you ever watch a football game on TV and an announcer will say, "Don't throw across your body," he did exactly that and right. threw an absolute duck to nobody. And and the Law was there to clean up. Yeah, Law definitely trouble. brought some justice to that throw. Can, am I right? Am I right? Come on, come You're on. Right. <laughs> brought the hard justice. I will, I will say that uh, Latrell Gibbs seems to be quite talented at this game of football. You know, he's all right. <laughs> he's all right. I don't know if this, uh, know if this uh, pace of uh, interception the game will last for the season, but <laughs> he, even if he gets two or three more, that's an excellent season for a defensive back. Yeah, and he, eventually, they're going to stop throwing to his side. Yeah. But, I don't know who will, but someone's going to have to stop because – He's just been too good. Well, and then we're going to put him on probably their best guy to take the best guy out. And that's another thing. When you got guys playing well and you can scheme, and our coaches have obviously shown that that they can plan for those types of things. And, and I, I don't want to dive into this too much because I'm going to get too fired up, and I'm already kind of fired up as if anybody doesn't notice that already. But, I mean, at this point last year, we were – not we. I'm sorry. I'm not even going to say we, but a good number – people in the fan base on the message boards online whatever in conversation that we've had with with people you know face to face people were calling for coaches to be fired with their head on a platter they're terrible they don't know what they're doing well obviously that's a bunch of crap because right now our defense is playing as well as we've seen them play maybe ever but definitely in in recent years and i i actually um made a comment during one of these one of these tackles behind the line of scrimmage that this team is actually tackling, like wrapping guys up and tackling them to the ground a lot better than I would say in the last five years. I mean, we, I think I got used to kind of the, uh, in the, you know, certainly the Ed Gainey era, you know, post Armani Edwards. You know, I, if we're going to speak in eras here, that's the era. Uh, a lot of body tackles, just guys throwing themselves and not really, you know, getting on these guys. Our defense today. You know, that front seven is disgusting. They're like the dirty dozen, but they don't even need 12 people. They're like, that front seven's good enough to just shut these guys down. A lot of lot of, uh, lot of, of plays behind the line of scrimmage. So, I mean, great stuff from the front seven. Really excited. No, you're right. I mean, even if the guys are, are the first guys missing, they're, they're taking a good angle to the over-pursuit and over-pursuing so the, the offensive player will cut back in. And every time that guy's cut back in, there's been someone on his back and drilling him. And and that's you know, like I said, those those body blows add up throughout a game. And I think that I think that's we kind of broke their soul today a little bit. And I don't I don't know if they quit, but you know, it, it darn sure looked like it to me. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't have really anything else to talk about. I mean, that was a that was a great game, but I do want to get Big C. Like, let's stay. Let's let's reel it back in here. 
you know, it was a great game. We're all excited that we played well. But what does this mean going forward? What does this tell you about what it could, what, what this is an indicator for for the rest of the year? Well, I mean, I think it's it's big for the purpose of if our defense continues to play well and, you know, cross our fingers, we're able to stay healthy. We're going to have a pretty good shot at, at contending for the Sun Belt title, if not winning it. And, you know, a lot of things can happen between now and then. We're in game three. we got nine more to go. So we're kind of we're at the end of the first quarter if you want to break it the season down into quarters. And mm-hmm. the next one's, you know, we got, we got one more home game and then two more on the road. So it's not going to be easy. Georgia State's going to want to beat us, mm-hmm. you know, for reasons. And then Monroe, I'm sure, is, is ready for us, too. We beat them at the buzzer last year, kind of with a late field goal. So, you know, we can't get too far ahead. Next week is next week. Take care oh, of yeah. business, and we'll go from there. Yep. And my, my only final thought is this, is is – we are. I, I think if any, you know, halfway decent coaching staff looks at our game film, I mean, we're not going to be unsuspecting anymore. They're going to know what we do and what we do well. We're playing well, obviously, right now. ULM uh, Monroe, uh, the score at halftime with Alabama was fourteen to nothing, and with as you know powerful as Alabama is, that's you know the game got ahead of them in the or out of control in the second half. But uh, we do need to, to keep ahead about this. I mean, we could get a sneak up game that that we play a team like a maybe in Monroe and they come up and bite us and we have a tough stretch with a couple Thursday night games. And so who knows, but, uh, overall, um, a lot of positive things happening with the, the football program. So we were shaking things up obviously here by doing a post game wrap up show. We thought that would be interesting for our listeners. Uh, but we are still going to preview Wyoming. Obviously we're not going to preview it tonight, uh, but please uh, stay tuned for that. We're still going to try to bring that to you here uh, on Tuesday night or, or Wednesday morning, either way. Uh, get in contact with us, Black and Gold Pod on, on Twitter, the Black and Gold Podcast on Facebook. You can email us at blackandgoldpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to have your thoughts on the game. If we've missed anything or if you have something to add, please let us know and we'll discuss it next week. Other than that, Big C, great game. Uh, Really excited to have uh, this take us into next week, and we'll see you at homecoming. At the Rock, baby.